Hi, I'm the producer of A Public Affair, Jade Isiri Ramos. If you enjoy the show, I hope you'll consider supporting the station. We take donations all year long at wortfm.org. Thanks. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring the truth to places truth is never heard before. It is Wednesday, so usually you have Carousel Baird. Uh, but today you don't. You have me. I am Jade Isiri Ramos. I'm the producer of, t- of the show. And today I get to continue our election coverage by heading to my neck of the woods, the city of Monona. In April, uh, Monona residents will be voting for mayor, city council, and school board. And joining me today on A Public Affair are the two candidates for mayor. And we are going to turn um, onto the phones where I have the current uh, Monona mayor. Uh, hi, Mary O'Connor. Well, hello. Uh, Mary, I'm going to give uh, an intro to you, but first I want to let our listeners know if they're in uh, Monona or if they, they care about Monona issues, but maybe aren't Monona um, residents, they can join the call by join the uh, conversation by calling us at 608-256-2001 or tweeting at us at Wart Talk or messaging us on Facebook. Um, Mary, you were first elected as Monona mayor in 2017, and you are now running for your fourth term. Before you were you were mayor, you were an alder person from 2012 to 2017. You sat on the Monona Library Board for 15 years. You also served on uh, many foundation boards, including the Monona Library Foundation and the Monona Grove Education Foundation. How are you doing today, Mary? I'm good. And- as you can uh, tell, I've been involved in a lot of things in Monona. I'm really happy to be able to come here to talk with you and tell people more about myself. So can you tell me why you are choosing to run for mayor for a fourth time? Well, I would say the the primary reason is because I still have some things that I would like to accomplish. Um, I guess the two primary ones are... I, um, as I'm sure you are aware, uh, the city of Monona, <clears throat> under my leadership, purchased the uh, San Damiano property just about a year and a half ago. We actually closed on it, and we're in the middle of a planning process, which I've got a, a committee that I've appointed of local residents that I'm one of the co-chairs of that, and that's slated to finish at the end of December. And so I really want to see the planning process through and then we can move on to implementing what whatever is decided as part of that process. We're looking for a lot of community input. And the other main reason I'm running is because when I was first elected, I appointed an ad hoc long-term facilities committee and which we badly need to do something about our public safety facilities in Monona. And we're working on building either in addition to the current building or a new building that's all in process. And I'd really Right now, we're slated to go to referendum on that in about a little over a year, and I'd really like to to see that at least get to that point. Um, and other than that, I think Monona just is really needs an experienced leader because we have so many different things going on. So that's those are the main reasons I'm running. Well, you brought up um, San Damiano, so in. Uh 2021, you and the council uh, purchased, finished finished up the, the purchase of San Damiano. Um, why did you think it was important to acquire that land, and what's going on with it currently? Well, I, 
I don't know if you've been there, but it's, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> 10 acres. <laughs> Pardon? I said it's beautiful. I, I've been there. It's yes. beautiful. <laughs> it's a gorgeous uh, piece of property. It's 10 acres, 1,500 feet of frontage on Lake Monona, and it's the last undeveloped large piece of property on Lake Monona. And had been owned by the Frank Alice family originally and by the Norbertine um, Priory, up in, which is up in De Pere, since 1929, actually, when they decided to put it on the market. So many people in Monona have talked about how wonderful it would be if we could potentially buy that property as, and keep it as green space. And when the opportunity came up, we decided to go for it. And uh, so that's, gosh, it was about three years ago that we first started discussions with them, and we came to an agreement on price in September of uh, 2020 and actually completed the, pro- uh, the purchase in June of 21 um, for $8.6 million. And since then, we've received a $2 million conservation grant towards the purchase from Dane County and another 250000 in Nelson-Elson grant from the DNR. Um, and we have a very active Friends of San Damiano group that is currently fundraising to provide more money towards the purchase. They also fundraise to provide the funds that are paying for the master planning process that's going on right now. So uh, what we're doing now is we're trying to encourage people to get over there and visit it. So many people have told us, you know, I drove by this for 50 years and I always wanted to see what it was like and they're so excited to get a chance. So we had some um, several big events there this past summer. I think we've had about a thousand people go through tours of the house. There's a very old home there that was built in 1890. Um, that there's that's kind of a big question what we're going to do with mm-hmm. that. It's not in very good shape right now, and so we're really encouraging people to just come and enjoy the property when we're doing the tours. Come and see what the house is like and. People are really excited about it. I've been really pleased with the reaction so far and very interested in what we're going to be doing about it. So right now we're having different focus groups. We've had one public input meeting already. We're hoping to come up with some um, initial concept plans, probably three of them that we'll present to the public for their input either in March or April. Um, Kind of depends on the timing a little bit. But, yeah, that's that's what's going on there. It's a big project, but it's it's been very exciting. So. Yeah, when uh, the the piece of land was first, you know, up up for sale or the conversation was first started, I, I reported on it for for WORT, and I remember um, one of the things that struck me was the the sheer fact of the amount of lakefront property that it would give, you know, public lakefront property, which in Monona is, is there's not very much of it. Um, exactly. <clears throat> Yeah, I think I heard a statistic at one point, something like 90% of the people who live in Monona do not live on the lake. Um, And it's probably even a little higher than that, I'm sure. So, yeah, we have two or three small areas. We have Schluter Beach, which is a small, kind of a medium-sized park, has a beach there, and a couple smaller um, parks that do have access, but it's um, it's nothing compared to what's, what's at San Damiano. It's just spectacular, and it's got just a gorgeous view of the the capital and everything. It's really beautiful piece of property. We'd yeah. like everybody to, to visit it. If you are just tuning in, you are hearing um, Mayor Mary O'Connor, who's running for re-election in Monona. You can join the conversation at 608-256-2001 or online at uh, Twitter. We're at 
Wart Talk or on Facebook. Um, so, Mary, I am... I am. I'm hoping to someday be a long-term resident of Monona, um, but I first moved to M- Monona in um, 2018 as a renter, and now I am um, a first-time homeowner in Monona. And I was wondering what you thought some of the uh, Monona residents. What are what are issues that are facing us as Monona residents? Well, I'd, number one, well, one of them would be the the whole availability of housing in Monona. We have. You're, I'm happy to hear that you found one. I, we've heard from so many people who said, we really want to move to Monona, or when we first decided to, it took us three or four years to find a house just because they're snapped up as soon as they're put on the market. Um, so that's, you know, that's been one big issue. Um, and there are people who not everybody wants a house either. There are people who want apartments and we, in the past, you know, probably within the last 10 years, we've built some nice affordable, um, not affordable, market rate apartment buildings um, that have been very popular. They filled up right away. And now we're, you know, so I think the availability of housing, the availability of affordable workforce housing, we have very little of that. The last development we did was in the late 90s, early 2000s, a senior living development actually but we do have two proposed uh, affordable workforce housings that are projects that are working their way uh, through the city planning process right now um, that will help alleviate uh, some of that uh, lack um, and of course you know taxes are always a big issue property taxes um, we try to keep those I guess we try to avoid raising them or keep them as reasonable as we can, but of course we also have increased operating costs for employees with like pay raises, and we have you know increased utility costs and that kind of thing. So uh, the main way that Monona can really increase its tax base to help control some of that is with development, and in our case, it means redevelopment because we're totally surrounded by Madison. We don't have any cornfields to build, you know, Walmarts on or anything like that. So um, and redevelopment's expensive. It's, mm-hmm. you know, means taking down existing property, existing buildings. They might be a brownfield site, all that kind of thing. So that, that gets really expensive. So um, those are, I guess, the, the probably just keeping taxes reasonable and, and the housing are big issues here. Um other issues would be uh, the diversity. Um, we've had some <clears throat> problems in Monona, I'm sure everybody has heard about in recent years, um, involving diversity and people, you know, so we're, we're really making a push to try to in- increase the diversity in the community and try to make Monona a more welcoming place. Um, we've contracted with the Nehemiah Center to work on diversity issues in Monona. They've done a lot of work inside City Hall with our staff in the council, um, we've had 30 to 35 staff people in council take their Black History for a New Day class, which I took it myself, and it's excellent. Um, I appointed an ad hoc committee on diversity and equity issues in Monona, and they've issued a final report with a series of recommendations about things the community can do. And it's just a whole variety of things from offering city print materials in Spanish to incentivizing the diversity of the housing stock, uh, community art projects, all kinds of things. Um, The library's been doing a lot of programming around diversity, including they sponsored a community read this past summer uh, featuring books for different age levels. So there's, 
there's been a lot going on, but that has definitely been an issue. And, and our public safety facilities are another concern. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, <clears throat> they were, they're, both the police and fire departments are housed in uh, City Hall, and the areas they're housed in were built 60 to 70 years ago, and they're just not adequate for modern public safety departments. And so we really need to do something about that, and of course that's expensive, so that's been an issue. And so I guess I would say those are some of the bigger, yeah. bigger issues. I would love to uh, come back to your your conversation about um, diversity in Monona. You know, I am a mixed race person who lives in Monona. And um, I think that for a, for the first multiple years I lived in Monona, you know, I, I really lived on a renter's block and it felt like that was the only um, representation of any, you know, BIPOC individuals. We lived on this one block in these, um, you know, four plexes. And um, I think it's it's one thing to to do a lot of to do a lot of um, training for for staff, but how do you make people who live in Monona, who are um, you know Black, Indigenous, other people of color, feel comfortable living um, in, in Madison? Especially, I think when um, you know we we have stories about you know people who are living in their house getting the cops called on them. Right, right, yeah. Those are all issues, and as you know, Monona does not have a very diverse population. Never have. Um, I think, although I think it is increasing, but that's, I guess, part of the reason in terms of doing work within City Hall, are some of our city staff probably um, have interactions with BIPOC um, residents and, and people who aren't residents much more than the local residents do, just because, for instance, the uh, the park and rec staff, we have a lot of people who come from the Madison area to use our pool or use our ice skating rink, that type of thing. We have the police are responsible for the part of the belt line that goes through Monona. So I think, you know, that training has been really good for a lot of them to, and, and just to think about they now they know, you know, more of the history of diversity issues in general in the country really. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really made a lot of people think about how they react to situations. And, and now that they understand more, I think they're handling things differently. And, of course, we have a new police chief who is black, and he has definitely, you know, I think made some changes in how our police department uh, handles some issues. So, um, But I agree, it's, it's not an easy thing. Um, that's part of the reason I appointed this committee, which was a very diverse committee. And it, it took me a long time <laughs> to mm-hmm. find people to be on that committee because I didn't want a bunch of white people, you know, I mean, we needed a, a diverse group and, and we did find it and they, I think they really gelled and actually Christy was on that committee. Um, and they came up with this report and they just, you know, a lot of their suggestions really make a lot of sense and a lot of them aren't probably going to be that there's some low hanging fruit there definitely, but there's also some things that are going to take years, you know, to change the way people think about things, but I, I just recently appointed another committee, which includes some of the people who are on the original committee um, to help implement some of their recommendations, and they're going to be, they're Nehemiah Center is actually uh, facilitating that group, and they facilitated the first group, and they're going to be having their first meeting next week. Um, so yeah, I think it's, and, and you know, it's not that the city has all kinds of perfect solutions either. A lot of this, it can't all come from the city. 
Mm. We can't just top down order people to be more open-minded. You know, a lot of this, <laughs> yeah, you know, has to come from, from within the community. And people have, I think a lot of people have had their eyes opened in recent years um, with, you know, the incidents that happened here and nationwide, really, um, and have done a lot more thinking about it and are, are you know, thinking in different ways. But it's, it's going to be a long process. If Definitely you yeah, if you are just turn, tuning in, you are listening to um, Mad- or Monona Mayor, excuse me, Monona Mayor uh, Mary O'Connor, who is running for re-election. Um, we are we have the phone lines open if you want to join the conversation or if you have a question for Mary about her candidacy. Uh, the phone number here is six zero eight two five six two zero zero one. Um, Mary, you you talked about housing as one of the issues you think um, is facing Monona residents, and and um, you know people are people are moving to the the Madison area. Um, I think there was just the other the other day, you know, U-Haul said that Madison is one of the cities that people are moving to um, and and staying, and um, you know that means that people are, are going to be moving to Monona as well. How how can we? you know, in Monona, uh, keep things affordable enough um, for, you know, people to continue to live here and not get, get you know, pushed out because the offer to sell your house for $400,000 when you paid, you know, two hundred for it is too enticing. Um, you know, how can we, how can we keep the people who live in Monona and want to continue living in Monona um, here, but also open up um, the, the space for new people to also um, experience Monona? Right. And, and of course, that's a problem all over Dane County. Hmm. Um, You know, certainly not just Monona. Um, I'm actually, Monona is one of several cities and villages in the area that's participating in Dane County's Regional Housing Strategy Advisory Committee. And it's a a year-long commitment. They have a goal of expediting development and preservation of affordable and workforce housing in Dane County. And we meet on a monthly basis to learn more about initially the housing situation in Dane County in general, share idea about police possible solutions and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm, one of our alders and I are um, representing Monona on that uh, committee, actually. Um, you know, we we have our Renew Monona program, which does offer some uh, down payment assistance for first-time homeowners. Uh, we also, that same program also offers some low interest ro- loans for people who want to um, upgrade their houses, say put in um, better windows and that kind of thing. Monona is, as you know, um, a lot of Monona was built in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. much of it by people quite a f- until recently, a lot of the people who built their houses still live there. Um, and as they've been moving out, you know, a lot of them need updating and that kind of thing. So the we instituted the Renew Monona program to help fund some of that. That's just a small piece of, of what's needed, but we're doing, you know, what we can. Um, That's what they call they call the house want... I bought a diamond in the rough because of that, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A fixer-upper. A fixer-upper. You know? Yeah, so, and there's a lot of really what would be considered starter homes, I think, available. But of course, the prices are are really, I just can't believe how much they're increasing. I think it was another 10% this year. Um, so it's hard. A lot of people are being priced out of the market, and, you know, we can't really control what the price of, of house sales are. Um, mm-hmm. 
So we're helping, you know, we're trying to find other ways to help people um, with these programs. We're also, not everybody wants a house either. Um, that's why we're definitely working on um, trying to get more workforce and affordable housing here. Um, I think I mentioned before we have two proposed uh, projects going through the, our planning process right now. And, you know, while we'd like more affordable projects, we can't mandate the developers build them. Um, mm-hmm. The main thing we can do is provide them with some incentives, uh, things like allowing more density, not requiring as much parking, lowering some of the fees, that kind of thing. So um, what I'm doing right now is working on putting together a toolkit of incentives that I hope will make a difference uh, in the future. But I, we have an, a lot of people approaching us about very develop, various development projects and you know, hoping to meet with them and talk about, hey, can we include some affordable in there or some workforce? It doesn't necessarily have to be the entire project, but if we can incentivize that a little bit, I'm hoping that'll help. Mary, I, I heard a phone ring, so that me- might mean that I've got a caller coming on, so I, I want to squeeze okay. in this question before um, we hopefully get that caller, which is, uh, what is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you find um, has been a, a real success point in your your uh, your time as mayor um, or anything that you think that listeners should know that you were able to accomplish as their mayor or alder person as you were an alder previously? Right. Um, well, of course, the San Damiano property is a big one. Um, when I became mayor, our riverfront project at the corner of Bridge Road and Broadway was only in the very early planning stages, and I really led, you know, the process of getting that completed. Um, we had an initial groundbreaking the first year I was mayor. I've supported a lot of improvements to Monona Parks, uh, Bridge Road, Schluter, Stonebridge, and Wildhaven Parks, um, along with the development of Grand Crossing Park and the Monona Bank River Rink that's there, and those are both at the, at the riverfront. Um, I supported development of an after-school child care program uh, through our Parks and Rec Department, and that has been very popular. They have a long waiting list. It expanded to a summer camp program for school-age kids, and but we still have a huge demand, and we're hoping to expand that in the next year or two. Um, then there was the planning process to improve public safety facilities. Um, pedestrian bike plan uh, is something I initiated. We had a year-long committee process um basically their charge was to come up with safe ways for pedestrians bicyclists and motorists to get to community destinations as you know monona doesn't have lots of sidewalks um (laughs) yeah so you know (laughs) and that's kind of been a, a complaint of a lot of younger people because they would like sidewalks when the city was built that wasn't a thing people drove everywhere but now we have a lot more people who do a lot of walking and that kind of thing so what we're trying to do is just put them, use them, build them judiciously, I guess I would say, in places that will lead to community destinations like the schools and the library and the parks and that kind of thing. We've also been installing some speed humps in various places because like everywhere else, speeding has gotten to be a real issue, especially since COVID. Um, you know, changing pavement markings, that kind of thing. That's that's a process and it's going to take a while for that to you know, it's going to, we're never going to fix everything because, um, but as projects come up, the streets need to be rebuilt or whatever, then we'll look at the plan and, 
and see, you know, what had been proposed for that area. Maybe it was nothing, but we're at least trying to make the, the our more our main streets that get a lot of traffic safer for everyone. Yeah, um, Mary, I've got a caller, uh, Tony. You got to keep it brief. We've only got got a few minutes, but you have a question about bike uh, bike pass. Yeah, mm-hmm. the bike pass uh, uh, there through Monona. Of course, a lot of people bike through Monona and whatever, but. Um, uh, Madison just kind of extended or was working on the extension of the bike path, and they wanted some cooperation from Monona in terms of, like, the area right by uh, Monona Drive and Atwood Avenue there to getting up to Cottage Grove Road. Um, why were you opposed to working with the city of Madison in terms of uh, developing, uh, uh, I guess they wanted to have a bike lane on Atwood Avenue and Monona Drive? Um, right now it's kind of... Uh, I don't know, it's kind of a hazardous or dangerous uh, a bike path uh, driving down that stretch there to get through Monona. Um, I just kind of, yeah. Thanks for your question, Tony. That, thank you. Yeah. Sure. Well, yes, and Monona has been involved in that Atwood Avenue planning from the beginning, and it's not that I didn't want it and I refused to work with them. We've worked with them all along. Um, what was discussed was actually building a separate 10-foot-wide um bike path separate from the road right now the the new project will have a bike lane but unfortunately a couple things worked against that and our public works committee has considered this a couple times they decide against it both times primarily because in the area it really just comes from the east side club to um cottage grove road that particular area of monona passes um multiple driveways with obstructed views that are leading from several large apartment buildings in the east side club so these and these are hundreds of apartments the cars there would have to be pulling out into the bike lane before they could pull out into monona drive which is dangerous um but the biggest reason is after we purchased a lot of the available right-of-way in that area for the monona drive project 10 years ago there isn't enough left excuse me to allow for protected bike lane Back bike path on the Monona side, and and to further compound that problem, the Wisconsin Legislature passed a law several years ago forbidding municipalities from using eminent domain to take private property for use for bike lanes and pedestrian paths. We've got the same situation on the Monona side, south of Cottage Grove Road. There isn't enough right of way for us to do it, and and really in a lot of those areas, there's enough right of way was taken from Monona Drive that you know driveways. And houses are pretty close to the road as it is. So much as I would like to do it, because I know that it's dangerous there, but we just, our hands are tied. We just, there wasn't any any way for us to do it in a safe way. So that, that's the reason. Mary, thanks for, for answering that question from our listener. Um, we are mm-hmm. running out to the end of the clock. So I just want to make sure, where can listeners learn more about your campaign? I have a website called maryformonona.com. And it's up and running and has lots of information about me and my priorities in the next few years. So I encourage people to go out there and take a look. And then my final question, Mary, and you got to be quick with it, but what do you do in your free time? Well, I'm a big reader. I'm a, I'm a librarian by training. I love to read, but also do a fair amount of traveling, family time, walking with friends, getting together with friends, that type of thing. So well, thank you so much, uh, Mary O'Connor, uh, was who you were just listening to. She is running uh, to represent Monona once again. Uh, we in, we're in conversation today with um, both Mary and her challenger, Christy Goforth. Uh, you can learn more about uh, 
their campaigns by following uh, links that we'll share in the web post of this um, this show. You can also follow all of WORT's election coverage for this election cycle on our website, WORTFM.org. Thank you so much, Sholly, for engineering today. You really came in save the day appreciate you uh, carousel baird will be back next week with another madison mayoral candidate interview i've been your host jada siri ramos and you're listening to wort 89.9 fm madison mm-hmm.